You are on trend with the Alumni Trending Podcast. My name is Paul Clifford, and throughout my career in higher education, my mission has been to connect alumni to what they love most about their alma mater and to activate them in ways that support the aspirations of the institutions I have served. As advancement professionals, we are leading a movement, a mobilization of alumni in support of education for a lifetime. On this podcast, you will hear the voices leading our profession, advancing our institutions, and keeping higher education strong around the world. You are going to learn and be inspired by the passion and purpose driving these advancement professionals right here on Alumni Trending. What's up, trendsetters? Welcome to the Alumni Trending Podcast. I am excited about today's program. I'm going to be talking with Alyssa Hartley. Alyssa is my colleague here at Penn State, but she is also part of the Case Resident Program. So we're going to dive into that and give you more information about what it means to be a Case Resident and hear about Alyssa's background, what, uh, what led her to Penn State and uh, what she's doing now to support higher education here at Penn State. But before we get to that, let me tell you a little bit about her. She is originally from Monroe, North Carolina. She is a 2018 Wake Forest graduate with a Bachelor of Arts degree in psychology and minors in entrepreneurship and social enterprise and African studies. Upon graduating, Alyssa devoted a year to her alma mater as a Campus Life Fellow, where she created workshops and programs to promote well-being across the Wake Forest community. After her fellowship, she decided to reconnect with her love of traveling the world by leading a group of high school students on a leadership and social change program in South Africa, and later studying abroad and interning in Barcelona, Spain. Her love for people and serving others in higher education has led her to join us right here in Happy Valley and become part of the Nittany Lion family as the Assistant Director for Annual Leadership Gifts. I'm excited to welcome Alyssa Hartley to the Alumni Trending Podcast. Alyssa, how are you today? I'm good. How are you, Paul? Wonderful. I'm, I'm so excited to dig into your background. Why don't you go ahead and, and talk a little bit about your experience in service to your alma mater at Wake Forest as a Campus Life Fellow, and then the travel that you did around the world, because I think that's just a fascinating adventure that you were on before you came here to Penn State. Yeah, sure. So I was a Campus Life Fellow. It's a part of the Presidential Fellows Program here at Wake Forest. And so it's basically a year-long program where you're really getting the experience of the, the university as a whole. And so we were, there are different parts where you can be a fellow for the president's office, uh, the provost's office, Campus Life, the Career Center, and so forth and so on. And so in my role, um, my day-to-day was really working with the Office of Wellbeing. And so I created workshops and programs for the whole community where we talked about what it's like to eat healthy and to, of course, have physical well-being, but also the other dimensions that aren't necessarily considered, right? Like social and occupational um, and emotional well-being. And so it was a great experience for me because I learned a lot as, as to how to take care of myself you know, being young in the profession, but it also allowed me to uh, teach new things to my peers and take them away from their study habits or, 
research for, you know, the faculty for at least 30 to 30 minutes to an hour to take care of themselves and have fun. Um, So I did that for a year. And then I also worked alongside the um, VP of Campus Life. So with her, I was able to meet with students and she was able to meet with them and talk to them about things going on around campus and also get live feedback on what was working and what wasn't working. And so it was just a great experience. I feel like I uh, was able to mentor, you know, just speak to students who were trying to figure out their next steps um, and at the same time teach them along the way how to make well-being an ongoing practice. So I did that for a year. And then after I, I had a travel bug, bug is what I call it. And so um, while I was at Wake Forest, I studied abroad in Vienna, Austria for a month, my sophomore year. And then I actually went abroad again in South Africa for another semester during my senior year. Um, and so after this program, the fellows program, I felt like I wasn't quite done yet. And that's what led me to do the South Africa journey for a month and then Barcelona for about four and a half to take some business courses and do an internship with a startup company there. What, a, what an amazing adventure. If, if I were to sum up what you just said, your, your journey to date has been to feed your own and to help feed others kind of mind, body and soul. Is that is it fair to put it that way? Absolutely. It's something that I, I live by. I, I feel like this journey or what I've done in high school, college, and now isn't just for me, if that makes sense. And so I was a first generation student, very excited to go to college. My family was also excited. I They bought me everything Demon Deacon, including <laughs> some earrings and so and a scarf and everything. And I started my college career knowing that it was exciting for me and that I wanted to get everything out of it, but also knowing that it was somewhat of a responsibility to bring along two or three other people behind me. And so I've carried that with me and I I don't take it as a task. I more take it as um, an honor. And so, yeah, it's, it's been a great journey and I feel like I've experienced a lot, but what, what I'm fulfilled by is when others are motivated to do the same. So your your areas of study psychology entrepreneurship social enterprise african studies such a broad range of topics and interests how did that lead you to a career in higher education development yeah um so the great thing about a liberal arts school is that you can do all those those things and it's almost normal you know exactly. and so i realized i think it was through my intern pro opportunities. And so while I was at Wake Forest, I worked with IMG Sports and I did um, also a couple summer intern programs with startup companies. And so I worked alongside um, a group called, it's called Reboot Excel, but they basically work with women who've taken maternity leave for a number of years and they get them revamped to enter their field of interest again, right? And so I did that for a summer. And then I also worked with another up and coming startup called Handshake. And they work with students from all different backgrounds, get re- and, and they help them get rehired or get hired after they've graduated. Um, and so just with working with those companies, I realized that I had a love for education and specifically with helping people who 
didn't know where to start or was transitioning, if you will, um, get from point A to point B. And so I think it was more so of the internship experiences. And then psychology sort of played along with my strengths, right? I was learning more about people and how to interact with people. My studies with entrepreneurship, that was sort of what led me to understand more about vocabulary and business and how to um, conduct myself in a startup culture world. And so I think my degrees definitely enhanced on the strength that or in the strength and the abilities that I had. Um, and the internships sort of confirmed that I enjoyed higher education. But I will say that I think as most people in development, I sort of fell into this work. And so while I was in Barcelona, a colleague of mine sent me a link to the case residence program. And he said, I, I think this fits for you. And I looked and I saw development and I said, you know, we never talked about development. And he said, just read the description. And sure enough, it's, you know, travel, it's meeting people from different walks of life who are connected to the institution. Um, it's connecting their passions with the needs of the university. It's, you know, cultivating true relationships with donors and fam and friends and alumni of, of an institution. And so reading that, I realized, hey, that's my core. That's what I love to do. And so it just made sense uh, to go for it and to follow this new career path. So it was more of a fall in, but I, I think it definitely <laughs> aligns with where I was going anyway. It, it's funny, Alyssa, to listen to you talk. The atypical path into development work is actually the typical path, right? I mean, <laughs> there, there is no one way to get into this work. It's all uh, we all come about this almost by, you know, we, we, we trip and we fall into it and then we fall in love with it. And right. it, it's, it, it's interesting to hear how people come to our work and, and no two stories are, are ever the same. Right. Mentioned the case fellow program that brought you to Penn state. So somebody uh, put it in front of you, you considered it. What were the next steps after that? Uh, talk about that that process to become selected as a as a case fellow, and how did you come about Penn State? Just for reference, CASE stands for the Council um, for Advancement and Supportive Education, and it's a global nonprofit association that's really dedicated to education advancement, and so. They work with alumni relations, communications, and in my case, development. Um, and so, like I said, I received the link to the application. I applied. Uh, and really through that, I had to do the whole interview process with Case First. Um, and a number of institutions are a part of Case, which I loved. And so reading through it, of course, I saw Penn State University um, and that sparked my eye. That's why I'm here. And there are some other institutions that are also a part of it. The beautiful thing about it is you have this in, you have this interview process um, and you're telling them what you're passionate about. And so for me, I had a um, presentation on how I would raise money for a particular group of people. And of course, I chose the first generation students of at that time it was, Penn State or whatever institution. And I really tried to develop a campaigning plan as to how I would reach out to prospective donors on those on this topic and what I would say and 
you know, develop the poster flyer, all of those things. So they really get you to think about how you can use the skills that you have to do this work while also teaching you what it's about. And so the beautiful thing about CASE is that we meet maybe once or twice a month and really work on professional development. And so we've talked about resume building. We've talked about making an ask, right? We've talked about strategic questions um, during meetings. And so they really prepare you for this work, which um, is something that I'm grateful for because I didn't really know about development prior to case and and this opportunity. Um, So after the first half or the first part of the interview, you're then asked, what are your top three institutions? Penn State was one of them. Uh, And after that, Penn State chose me and I chose them. And the rest is history. I'm now talking to you, Paul. It's it's amazing. (laughs) And and we're so glad that you are that you are here. You come to Penn State in July of 2020. So you you mm-hmm. came here in the middle of a pandemic. You came here after George Floyd was murdered and kind mm-hmm. of the social justice movement has again once again kind of taken hold of our country and and this time it feels very different, but you are a new professional in a new location with a support system that isn't as developed as it might be had you been home when all of this happened or had you been established in a place for 10 years before all of this happened. So mm-hmm. would would you mind giving us just a little peek into um, how you have handled these times as a young professional in a new place? Yeah, Paul, that's a, a great question. Um, I think it takes time. I, I think it, it takes being um, giving yourself grace. And so coming into this role, I knew that I didn't know many people in the area and that it would take time, right? It takes time to build a circle or a group of people who you trust outside of the workplace. And so I had to extend grace to myself because I realized that I was learning the area. And then I was also going to eventually have to meet new people. And so uh, that was an up and down roller coaster. I won't say that it was an easy ride. There were some weekends that I felt guilty about just resting uh, because I felt like I needed to explore the Arboretum or go downtown to the Webster's bookstore, you know? And so there was moments where I felt sort of guilty for just being. And then I, again, extended grace and said, you know, this is new. And outside of that, this is a pandemic, you know? And so I think really connecting with people who have been there from the beginning, from mentors, um, from previous positions, um, to just coaches who've extended an invite to connect, you know, just really leaning in on family members and those who are back home, but are very much present. Um, in the space was one way that I connected. And then also I had to lean on you all. And so even though Penn State was new, um, I knew that I had a division and a team that thought that I I belong into this family. And so a part of me had to have a little faith and trust in knowing that you had your you had my best interest at heart. And so it was a little leap, I think, in that I had to reach out to people on the division and and have those vulnerable conversations. And so I think 
it was definitely an adjustment, but I have an amazing team uh, who, as soon as I got into town, invited me out to coffee or virtual coffee. And so that was beautiful. You know, I was, I felt like I wasn't alone in the space. And then of course, with everything that's going on with the social um, movement, social justice movement, it, it takes, again, leaning in on other people from my past and, and those who have, you know, supported me throughout the time, but it also takes tough conversations. And I think our division has done a great job with have, giving space and giving um, a platform to discussing what's going on, where I don't feel like I always have to shy away from the conversation or code myself, right? And so they've provided a space where I feel like I'm being heard and seen and able to talk about those things. Absolutely. And I think that leadership starts uh, right at the very top. Uh, I mean, Rich Bundy has set a tone for our division where those kind of conversations are welcomed, right? They're Mm -hmm. they're invited. Mm -hmm. They're part of the norm uh, for what it means to be part of the Penn State community. And so Mm -hmm. uh, I think that that really helps. And um, and and I would agree. I mean, the the honest and candid conversations that we have had have certainly been more frequent since mm-hmm. uh, since May, June, July timeframe, but have been consistent since I've been here in 2016. This commitment to uh, inclusion, really. I mean, we, we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, but it's really the commitment to inclusion and and being able to feel like you're heard and you're seen within this within this community. I think is is, is something that he champions and that we that we all try to champion uh, as leaders within our division here at Penn State. So, take us through your day to day. What does your day to day work look like uh, here in the Office of Development? Yeah, so my day-to-day can look different um, just based off of, I, I think right now people can relate that because everything is virtual and it's a little new, uh, you don't really know what to expect. You know, you can send messages to prospective donors and and follow the protocol as to what to do, but you're not quite sure what the outcome will be. Um, And so my territories are Minnesota, Wisconsin, Ohio, Michigan, and Northeast PA. Um, And so the bulk of my work is really going through what people or what prospective donors have been involved in, um, if they've reached out to others and and working through, um, you know, if how I would like to communicate with them. Um, And then I've realized that the other half of that is really being strategic about how I reach out and then also um, what those meetings could look like and, and what I should do to prepare. And so I find that it's somewhat of a waiting game, right, for the responses to the emails. Um, and then it's also the preparation and the work that follows whenever you get that virtual meeting. And so uh, it looks like that on some days. And then other days I am in meetings talking about um, how to connect with new employees or um, again, DE&I work, right? And so I, what I find to be fun is that there's been so many uh, new initiatives and, and programs that have come um, from being in a pandemic and trying to connect people virtually. 
um, that I'm able to sort of engage that startup feel, right? And so I'm able to dive into small projects um, while also doing the bulk of my work. So it, it can look different from day to day, but I will say the majority of it is, of course, reaching out to prospective donors. So we have a tradition here on the Alumni Trending Podcast where we give our guests the final word on the profession. So Alyssa, as a new professional in this space, what's trending for you? Yeah, I think for me, what's trending. So um, yeah, great question. I think for me right now, what's trending is utilizing the virtual side of, of our work and really using this to um, be a leverage of who we reach out to and the amount of people that we can reach out to, whether that's through scheduling virtual meetings or having events. We found, I found that this has been a very powerful tool where people are connecting from all over the world who may not be able to travel to state college for a set event. And so really right now we're just using it and we're realizing that even though we will have face to face one day, we can't necessarily let go of what this virtual world has become. Um, and so I'll say that. And then I also will put in a plug to the DDAR internship. Um, we are starting that. Um, the applications are open now until January 2nd. And basically that is students from Penn State um, being a part of the internship and figuring out what development is about. And so again, we are now reaching out to others and welcoming them into this amazing world where you get to meet people from all over who are connected to this institution one way or another. And so I'll put that in as a slight advertisement, um, but I, I think the virtual world right now is, is the best of it. Well, Alyssa, thank you for joining us on the Alumni Trending Podcast. You've actually uh, given me another idea for a future episode and just featuring the internship program that we have here at Penn State. And I know University of Michigan has a similar program. Uh, we had something similar out at the University of Oregon when I spent some time out there. And so these internship programs are starting to, to create a natural pipeline into the work that we do here in higher education advancement so that I might have a future guest that says, I wanted to be a fundraiser. And this internship was something that uh, got me introduced to this. And and so I, I didn't fall upon this work by accident, uh, but that it was, it was very intentional. So I think that's what these internship programs are tasked with doing is helping us to build the talent pool of interested professionals to pursue work in higher education advancement. And so uh, thank you for the idea and thank you for your time today and joining us on Alumni Trending. Thank you so much. This was a pleasure. I'm John Fudo, Vice Chancellor for University Advancement at UMass Lowell, and I'm staying on trend by listening to the Alumni Trending Podcast. There you go, Trendsetters, another episode of Alumni Trending. If you are enjoying the Alumni Trending Podcast, make sure you go out to iTunes or your podcast app of choice and give us a rating and drop us a review. We'd also love to hear from you. Drop me an email at paul.clifford 
at alumnitrending.com. Until next time, thanks for tuning in and keep trending.